Welcome to the Breaking Bots Podcast. Please put on your safety goggles, tighten your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. Here are your hosts, Brian and Cam. Hello, hello, hello. Greetings. Welcome to Breaking Bots this week. We have not a not a new guest. I, I called her a new guest at first, but that's just because I'm stupid and didn't remember we had her on actually live from the orlando maker fair last year yeah special pop-in with the uh, hypershock interview we had concluding our day at the uh, orlando maker fair and she is the event organizer uh this year it's being called robot ruckus at orlando maker fair yeah november 9th and 10th if you're plan on going by the way which we are oh yeah and uh, yeah, we, we do a plug for it, but if you want to check it out, it is robotruckus.org or, robo, or robotruckus.org. Yeah, <laughs> One that was my, my favorite little anecdote. I love doing that. <laughs> robotruckus. Yeah. Well, it probably helps people spell it, too. So. Oh, yeah. There's some of the team names that I've just adapted and changed, and at least in my mind, I don't say the same anymore. Yeah. Obviously not huge or duck. They're pretty obvious, but... Uh, yeah, so um, so we have uh, Lily Specht on coming up, and she's going to talk to us about, um, well, among things, she's a builder of bots. Uh, she is a she's been a judge for over ten years at the uh, Orlando event, so we get some insight as to some of the judges' decisions on battle bots this season, like how and why they scored it certain ways. Yeah, basically just the fact that the viewers watching at home were wrong. Or why they're why they're wrong, and that why the judges made the decisions that they do, or maybe more accurately, why they scored it the way they do based on the BattleBots rule set. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she readily admits some of these would be different decisions in different um, tournaments. You know, and only you know BattleBots is a little more heavy on the uh, you know primary weapon. Yeah. Sorry to say that. Um, Oh God, Draco! I know he hates the primary weapon. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So we will. Uh, without further ado, we well, will. Did, ta- oh, yeah. I just wanted to mention. It's like I'm okay, going through. The, I'm on robotruckus.org, and I'm looking at some of the teams that are going to be there. Holy crap! You got Bale Spear, Bombshell, Captain Shredderator, Endgame, Extinguisher, Foxtrot, Gruff, Huge, Hypershock, Kraken, Mammoth overhaul which they weren't at BattleBots this year yeah it took a season off uh shatter tantrum uh ray billings is going to be there i don't i don't think he's going to have tombstone but usually he fights a smaller robot yeah he had a 30 pound last year that i think he said he took on a uh, storage with him yeah and and uh he <laughs> yeah can you imagine having that on your carry-on trying to go through customs oh yeah <laughs> or not customs but uh tsa oh fun but fun, uh fun. and then warhawk and of course witch doctor i mean that's a pretty stout lineup Oh, I know. I mean, it was pretty good last year. That's even better this year. Yeah, it's it's pretty thick. And there's probably there's going to be some more teams too that aren't BattleBots names. And that's the other part of this that's kind of fun is seeing those bots uh, test themselves against some BattleBots. I mean, I know last year we had, um, you know, Kraken had a bot there, and I know it was a big thrill for when we talked to Ricky Williams, Ricky Williams uh, about Mammoth. He said that that was to that point because we he had another match left, but that was the highlight was being able to fight Kraken at that point. Yeah, and you know it gets you some good tape if you're trying to get on BattleBots too. Yeah, so uh, you know, without further ado, let's get into this. When now we have Lily Specht from 
the Orlando Maker, or well, Robot Robo Ruckus. Truckus. Robo Truckus at <laughs> Orlando Maker Fair. Alrighty, folks, and we are back. And this week we have a brand new, never heard on this podcast. Well, I can't say that because we have had her on before. Yeah, that's exactly I'm right. So sorry. How dare you? No. Yes. Um. This is the. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, Will Bales. I know. We well, we had you on before that, and then you crashed Will Bales. So this is like the third time you've been on here. Awesome. Here. So we got the first time. <laughs> so for those who don't know, please welcome. Um, this is the event organizer at Robot Ruckus. This is going to be the um, the robot combat event at the Orlando Maker Fair this year. So please welcome Lily Specht. Uh, Lily, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Good to hear it's, from you again. It's Monday. Oh yeah, I'm alive. <laughs> it's two months till Maker Fair. That's about how I am today. So. so is this a busy time for you getting ready for Maker Fair, or is that like really ramp up closer uh, to the event? This is really ramp up time, uh, just because, you know, a few months ago I was like, oh, I've got plenty of time. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, crap. And then the hurricane happened. Oh, oh that's yeah. true. Yeah, because when hurricanes come even that close to Orlando, that shuts my work down, so... Yeah, like it, it just stood out there over the Bahamas for a while, but like because of the uncertainty and the severity, everywhere in Orlando was like, Oh my god, we have to be more safe than sorry. Oh yeah. Yeah, you don't want to get caught on that one not prepared anymore. So I think these everybody kinda errs on the side of caution, which sometimes is good if you want work off, but it does kind of ground things to a halt a bit. Yeah. Yeah, if you need a video game holiday, you vote for a hurricane. <laughs> I couldn't even work on the robots because we had to shut the makerspace down. Oof. So is that where the, um, what is, oh, the, okay, I can't even think of it. The arena for the uh, robot <laughs> yeah. rug, is that where it's um, housed during the off season? Yeah, so the the arena is kept at the Maker FX makerspace here in Orlando. That makerspace is run by the Maker Effect Foundation, which runs Maker Fair Orlando. And then I am on the board of directors at Famalab in North Orlando, uh, another hackerspace makerspace. Hmm. Interesting. So is there a rivalry between the two? Do you um, fight your bots? No. No, uh, no it's, we, we kind of more camaraderie, like maybe friendly rivalry, because like we just had a, a make-a-thon that was... Uh, in a weekend, make an interactive game, and you know, uh, Famalab took second, and Maker Effects took first, and there's just like that that friendly rivalry, not like oh screw those guys. <laughs> That's good then. So it's like loser buys the winner pizza or something like that. Yeah, yeah, just for for gloating purposes, I guess. <laughs> and now, one of the roles that you've had at the um, Robot Ruckus Knee Maker Fair is um. You've been a judge quite a few times, correct? Yeah, I've been, like, just to give some history for people who haven't listened to me spiel on before, uh, I've been running robot events for about 10 years now, and whenever you run a robot event, you get tapped to judge robot events. So I've been judging fights for 10 years. Okay, so you 
got a pretty, um, I guess you've got a pretty distinct, you know, how to judge a fight at this point. And of course, when we watch BattleBots this season, we've had some controversial ones again. And um, actually, last week on our episode, we had one of the people who's not the hugest fan of that, uh, Mr. Hal Rucker. And of course, when he... (laughs) She laughs because she knows. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So when Hal elected himself king of BattleBots, he kind of gave us some uh, ideas of how he'd like the judging to evolve eventually. Yeah, like, I've looked at, because BattleBots uh, released their judging criteria, and I looked it over, and it's it's really interesting when you get down into the nitty-gritty, because, like, you can, you, you know, they say it's damage, control, and aggression, but then they break those down more, and it's like, oh, you're, it's like the difference between saying a vacuum sucks as opposed to a vacuum sucks because of <laughs> pressure differentials. Hmm. Yeah, that makes that's so what it. you're saying is basically for us us peons Judging at sucks. home, yeah, and, and it's like it's so much more complex than what we know. It really is, especially at like the super official. I'm not sure if you can hear it. My cat is meowing like a crazy person. Oh, that that's fine. It, at some point, you'll hear my dog get up and walk around with the claws on the ground, and my cat's just laying here too, and he might start making some noise. So, I mean, animals are always welcome on the podcast. Wonderful professionalism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what we strive but, for. But back on topic, um, like when you have the the more official events like BattleBots or Robot Wars, I believe, and like the really high and mighty in a way, they have to have those criteria so that you know they can say this is what this means in almost black and white. Okay. So, in in some of the more local events, is judging essentially just this team won or this team won, and there's really no need to, you know, kind of pan out as far as, you know, oh, they got this many points for aggression, this and that? Is it just more like a um, vote for A or B? It depends on the, on the competition. Personally, for my events, I generally go with the, is it A or B? Okay. Um, just because it simplifies the matter. Because, like, you know, there's just balancing all of the things and make, keeping all of that in mind for three minutes while keeping scores for two different robots in your head is, it can be challenging for some people. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine how the judges for BattleBots do it. Yeah, especially, it, like, in the, the robot ruckus, it's like, you're, you guys are constantly just moving bots in and out of the ring. Like, I mean, there's there's not much downtime in between fights to you know, consider a, a rules novel while you're making a yeah. decision. <laughs> yeah, and and it's not like even even BattleBots, which has that mini rules novel, like they're still base skeleton simple. But it, it's a lot easier when you do just X1 or Y1. Though some events, some of the smaller events do a uh, score-based judging. Do you think that with the way BattleBots is scored, that there are outcomes that would be completely different at another event, say like a Robot Wars, or even a local event, as as opposed to on BattleBots? They would, if only for um, BattleBots judges damage more highly than other places. Like, at BattleBots, damage is the king. Like, yeah. you can... if Like, I have an example when, when we get into some of the fights of, like... 
the the control was split, the aggression was one-sided, but the damage was completely one-sided the other way, and that's what gave the match. And now before we get into the matches, do you think that the judging scoring system has an inherent bias towards weapons that are not kinetic energy? Uh, How wouldn't go as far as to say that this season, but you can tell he still thinks it. That it has a bias against them? Yeah, like a, a, well, no, a, a bias anti- for kinetic energy weapons, oh, I would say. Oh, for kinetic energy. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, like as it stands now, especially with the, the lower point total, because you only have seven points total, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of biased for, da- it's inherently biased to damage. And okay. a non kinetic energy has trouble doing damage. True. So I can get into more details because it gets very, it's a rabbit hole. <laughs> of course. Because like um, damage, because like they define it as functionality, effectiveness, or defensibility in that respective decline of importance. And they do in the guidelines say that, you know, if you intentionally push your opponent's weapon into the wall and the weapon breaks, that counts as damage for you. So there is a way for kind of more pushy bots and lifty bots like Duck to get damage points, Mm -hmm. but it's harder and gets harder as people get more experienced and the weapons get more reliable. Understood. So um, I guess what we can do is we we kind of all had some uh, matches in mind that we were going to throw out there and kind of get your expertise as to why they turned out the way they did. I don't necessarily agree or disagree with all of these, but some of them were definitely close. Oh, yeah. Well, there, there's I, one in particular I want to talk about. It'll probably be the last one because I think it's the last one that the last controversial decision that went to the judges so far. But uh, I mean, obviously, we'll save that one for later. But I, I, I definitely noticed like Cam and I, we actually watched the episode this past week's episode together for the first time. Because usually he watches it live, but I'm usually busy. But I'm I'm free on Friday for the first time, so we're watching it at his house. And a decision comes down, and they start explaining it, and you know right away it's not going to go the way you think it's going to go. What fight was that? Why am I blanking on last week's fight? It was a. I'm gonna say. I'll say this. It was a pretty big decision. (laughs) (laughs) An extremely large one, if you will. Yeah, like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. quite mammoth, but yeah. It's basically when Chris and Kenny start explaining how one team did all this damage and scored all these points, even though that's not really. And I'm going to throw you damage in quotes. They seem to be. It looks like something they recorded post match to sort of explain yeah, like, why they totally dubbed that after the fact. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I mean, there's errors in editing. Say it's not so, <laughs> Jameson. Go. <laughs> Oh yeah, we were gonna get on that too later because he, yeah, obviously he posted about that also, and uh, I even commented on that. I didn't think it was that big a deal, but uh, they're I, just still trying to make Jameson the villain, and he's not. He's <laughs> such a cool guy. <laughs> when we talked to him, he was the nicest guy ever. <laughs> he really is. Yeah, he was. I mean, even to us, and I don't think we were especially nice to him. Kind of. I mean, we were like, <gasps> you kind of seemed like a dick on the show. Let's talk about that. And he yeah. was just really cool about it. And even in editing, I'm like, I can't believe we said that. And he, or it's just like, I think the sauce sucks. How do you feel about that? 
and we didn't really say that, but that's how it came off always. And I was like, <laughs> it did oh not my come God, off that bad. So bad. Come on now. <laughs> Saw's awesome. All right, so, All right. Cam, do you have the fight list? Or do you have my list somewhere? Oh, I can pull that up. Let me let me start with the one I had. Um, All right, go ahead. Actually, because we were speaking about Sawblaze, the blacksmith Sawblaze match, Al Kendall was, to put it politely, pissed at the uh, decision there. I think he thought... Even though, you know, Flaming Hammer doesn't do a ton of damage, that he was the only one really doing anything with his weapon that match. And that seemed to be the most unhappy you saw anybody this season. He gave, as I would like to say, the Hal Rucker face after that fight. (laughs) He's become a meme for that face, uh, Al has. (laughs) I could see that. So um, could you kind of break down, like, how you think that one was judged and why it went towards Sawblaze? This one I was kind of 50-50 on. That's not one I watched. I should have watched it. Mm -hmm. Um, So going off of my memory of that fight, because that was the first time Sawblaze pulled out the new kind of kinetic uh, overhead disc. So he was having a lot of drive issues. Mm -hmm. So on that one, I definitely, like, from what I remember... um, I would have not given Sawblaze that much control points. I concur. Yeah, because like control's the weird one where it, you kind of start with a, uh, a scale balance where they're both on equal footing and then they, they either go down or up comparatively. Because like, cause like in the ju- in the guidelines to reference those again, um, like if you are showing poor control, that weighs badly against you as opposed to all the other ones that don't really have that kind of wording where uh, your actions can be a detriment uh, by themselves. Hmm. And that one's so, a two-point scale, right? Yeah, that one's a two-point scale, okay. which is my main issue with the BattleBots judging guidelines that two points, it's either split or all one side. That doesn't really give a lot of definition for a fight. Yeah, Go on, Lily. Sorry about that. Because, like, in in the realm of aggression and uh, control, like, it can be a split decision on those two with just a very slight edge to one side, like three to two, as opposed to one one or two zero. Mm-hmm. And I I think that that would give a little more balance to that. Yeah, in a way, I almost feel like although I hate complicating judging more that there should be more points to give out just so there could be like a three, two, a four, one or a five, zero, as opposed to like a two Oh and control is really a hill to overcome. If you're someone like, let's say duck who might never win control just because it's two giant hula hoops in between a big machine. Yeah. (laughs) You know, yeah, and even adding just one more point to each category fixes it a little bit better. Because like then instead of going a 1-1 one, one split, you can have a 2-1 split. Yeah. And say, okay, they were pretty even with the slight edge out to this one. Whereas if they totally dominate, you have a 3-0 split. Agreed. So for the, for the blacksmith... Uh, Sawblaze fight, did you agree with the judge's decision on that? Uh, iffy or completely disagree? Uh, was that a split? I, I want to say it was a split decision, but I'm not that's sure. An, uh, 
split judges' decisions is another thing I want to roll back around to at some point. Oh, yeah, we can get to that. Because um, most of I these are going to be split decisions. I think that one was close. I think damage eked it out. Just be, like Even if Sawblaze did very uh, minuscule damage, it still did damage. Okay. All right. Even if it even if it's cosmetic damage, quote quote cosmetic, it's still damage when when there's no other damage that counts. That's true. And we're probably going to get to that later in one of the other fights yeah. I had listed. So, yeah. um so um now Brian had duck versus lockjaw. Well, I just had one, that on there because you thought that went the wrong way. How even and look, how's biased obviously. He wants to win. Uh, his case on that was Lockjaw was smoking almost the entire fight. Their weapon wasn't working, and he feels like they didn't really credit him for that, that they just said, oh, it's broken. And Hal's assertion on that was, yeah, it got broken because we broke it. So he's kind of was wondering, like, how did they not give me damage points for this? That's a little stupid. And, you know, that was... You know, from the uh, team captain himself, thought that maybe he did not get a fair shake on that one. Yeah, like breaking the opponent's weapon with your face, if your face is your weapon, is damage. Like that's damage for you. Okay. So that's kind of how it should be anyway. It should be. Per the guidelines, it should be. And I think that, like, it's one of the problems I've had that, like, it seems inconsistent at times. But also, you have to remember, we're watching it on TV with a nice zoomed-in, edited view, and we have the pleasure of sitting here and thinking about it for two weeks, three weeks. Whereas the judges, it's right then and there. It's it's a lot. It's harder when it's live judging because you're like, oh, did it? How did that? Uh, it's a lot of thinking back and forth. I understand. We're expecting profession or perfection from imperfect beings, and I understand that. But let's just keep shit talking them though, because it's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and and by the way, this listen. I don't think I could do a better job than any of them. So if if you put me up there as a judge, and they like pan to me with the camera, you would probably just see me crying or looking completely confused, <laughs> or just drawing a like a doodle on the note card. And He's not even writing down scores. And then leaning back, spinning in the chair with a little noise blower. <laughs> Yeah, he's writing I heart duck on it. That's what he's yeah. writing. Or Farouk would, Farouk would say it was a split decision. He'd be like, Judge Cameron scored this for Death Roll, and Death Roll wouldn't even be fighting. And they, everybody just be like, are you serious? Come on. And then I would just leave. So, <laughs> again, no, Cam would just be like, no, I can't pick. That's, but they're I'm both, no we're all winners here, right? Yeah, but that's what we do. You know, we, we critique... Um, sometimes the fighting styles of people. Could I do a better job? No, but it's fun to be like an <laughs> armchair quarterback sometimes and just, you know, we wouldn't have a podcast if it wasn't for that. So well, yeah. let's trudge on, I yeah. guess. Well, we always we always joke that for Lockjaw, you cannot call him just Donald Sutherland. You always Hudson. Have, you, or Hudson. You have to pronounce it uh, the legendary Donald Hudson. Well, so, yeah, that's his legal first name. So, yeah. <laughs> so legendary. I mean, so do you think like that really has anything to do with the decision making sometimes? Because it, to be fair, it is a TV show. 
I think you said it best when you said they're imperfect beings. It is very hard to put aside biases. Biases? Understood. Okay. Um, even if it's a subconscious bias, and I'm not saying that any of the judges are biased. I believe that they have the utmost professionalism. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes, it, it can still seep into your subconscious. Like, especially the judges they have, because they've all known, like, Everyone in the community has known each other for years and years and years. Yeah. Well, that's like him. Every time there's a controver- controversial decision, he, it's always like, yeah, whoever I liked won. <laughs> he's, he's, never, he's always afraid to admit the, guy, the guys he, he's rooting for lost. That's why I like running my own events. I can <laughs> vote for the person who will put on the better show in the next fight. I will say that usually, <laughs> it's, it, usually though, it is guys that we've talk to on the podcast and they're always awesome so it is hard to root against them uh but so but this is kind of one of those ones where so the next one we have free shipping versus railgun max Ooh, i have that one written down thank you so when they when they announced that decision gary Jin himself looked like they were crazy (laughs) so yeah you took notes on this let's just we're just gonna sit back and relax you tell us about this one so this is one of those ones that I've gone back and forth in my head uh, several times. And I listened to um, uh, Behind the Bots, and they went back and forth on it. And I'm just, like, thinking about it and thinking about it. And I'm like, how could – because, like, my gut reaction was Railgun Max won that. They did damage. Mm-hmm. And then I analyzed it a little bit more, and I'm like, okay, let's take a deep dive. So in it a lot. You see Railgun Max being aggressive or seemingly aggressive. Okay. However, they're being too brunt force aggressive. They're going right head on into the front of free shipping, which is where the weapon is, where the wedges are. And they're not really trying to be smart with their aggression by, <clears throat> you, know, you know, trying to move, a so- move to the side and juke them. So okay. that kind of counts against them, particularly in like more control side of aggression. All right. Oh, I was going to ask. I was like, was that be, would that be more control than aggression? But you just answered it. Do, it. The, the two kind of go a little hand in hand um, because, like, yes, it can count as aggression, but you're always going to the same spot and never showing, not really showing much inkling as trying to go around to the side, and that kind of counts against you. And then, yeah, and then, um, like, another part of control in the judging guidelines is adaptability. Like, how do you adapt to, say, losing a wheel? Does it affect your robot? And in Free Shipping's case, Gary Jin adapted beautifully and perfectly. He, he like, he, you wouldn't even notice he wasn't missing a wheel if it wasn't a visual cue. Because like he, it was the same strategy, same driving, same intentionality that um, free shipping did the entire fight. I want to cut in just real quick, and then I'll keep. A, a lot of people can drive great when their uh, when their bot is functioning perfectly. Gary Jen might be the best at functioning when his bot is completely beat to shit. <laughs> oh, absolutely! I've seen that. I've seen uh, original Sin, the robot free shipping's based off of yeah. win with two wheels. Yeah. So, see, I'm sorry to I've, cut you. I've out. seen it. I've seen it go to a judge's decision with just one wheel lapped. 
I can believe it. I, I'm trying to remember back on some of those fights, but uh, yeah, just just watching free shipping. I, the guy is a master at driving when like everything is wet and on fire at the same time. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so. Yeah, and it's kind of I'm kind of sad that uh, Stinger hasn't come back yet because Matt Maxim, the driver of Stinger the Killer Bee and Sewer Snake, is the same way. Like. It's just insanity, always like constant aggression, constant control with six tires or two. Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen that one to make a comment on it. Unfortunately, so. But well, anyway, well, it's got tires for days. So, so yeah, back to it does. It does have tons. So back to free shipping and railgun. Uh, so rewatching it, you kind of felt differently than you did originally when you saw the scoring on yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, like, if you asked me right after I watched the fight, I would have said Railgun Max should have taken that because they did more damage. Mm -hmm. But, and then when I, you know, compare it against the judging guidelines, I'm just like, well, did they? Because, like, they did damage, but it didn't affect the functionality of the robot, whereas their weapon broke, which does count as damage for free shipping. So, you know, you split damage two to one in favor of free shipping because free shipping is still functional with the damage it sustained fully. Okay. Whereas Railgun Max lost half of its functionality. That the, part is the, true. And then, uh, you know, let's, let's just say let's split aggression down the middle, one to one. And then control is where it goes into free shipping's side, where free shipping had better control of its robot. Whereas Railgun Max didn't really seem to have uh, as good of control. Okay. So that's how you, that's how you get to a uh, split decision for one judge card. And this mm-hmm. is where I want to segue into split decisions and why they're bullshit. Okay. Well, can we just because- say our conspiracy theory first? We just fig- yeah. we just figured BattleBots didn't want Railgun Max to go straight into the tournament undefeated because they could not keep that weapon running for anything, and so basically their fights devolve into push matches, and so we just we've we figured that they they wanted them to have that if it was close they were going to give it to free shipping just so they didn't have to put Railgun Max into the tournament. You don't have to come. Conspiracy theory. Do I have to give any credence to that? Can I just ignore it? Well, you, you, well, you just explained why it was wrong, but I just wanted to throw it out there. So, so split decisions are bullshit. Elaborate. <laughs> this will be my thesis argument. Okay. So, when they say a split decision, what they really mean is two judges gave the match to this team and one judge gave it to the other. When they say unanimous, all three judges gave it to one team, regardless of score. Mm -hmm. So regardless of the score those judges gave, like each judge could have had a split scorecard and it could still be a unanimous decision. So like, for example, in the Gruff versus Tombstone match. Okay. Another segue. Yeah, let's do that. Let's jump right into that one. So Gruff versus Tombstone. To segue into that, another scorecard breakdown. Gruff had all the aggression, two points. Tombstone mm-hmm. had all of the damage, three points. Control, split down the middle, 1-1. One, one. You have a Tombstone win. And that's on one ch- scorecard. So if all of them see it that same kind of way, that's a unanimous decision. Correct. Even though 
all of the scores were split. Yes, a, a, a unanimous split, or a split unanimous, I'm making yeah. my head hurt. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is why score split decisions are bullshit. Well, thank you for attending my TED Talk. <laughs> now, okay, now we had we had Gruff on after that week, and you couldn't get Sam to complain because he's too nice a guy. So we he also is. had uh, Jason Ryan on from that team, and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't, he was being nice too. They were both being diplomatic about it. His argument was uh, they considered the attack on their flamethrower as an attack on a primary weapon. However, the flamethrower does not count as primary weapon damage during but matches. It still, it still counts as damage. It still counts as functionality damage. It's oh. kind of it, it's not like affecting the effectiveness of Gruff, and it's not affecting anything else but tombstones dishing out all that damage and what damage did tombstone receive none cosmetic sure but its weapon was still going both drives were still going there was no smoke no nothing so unfortunately because of the way damage is scored it goes all to tombstone okay see my only interpretation of that was i thought maybe it was not such a one-sided affair on damage that it should have been a 3-0 scenario i thought maybe it should have been 2-1 which could have given the scorecard to gruff that was my only argument there again if you look at the individual scorecards you are right it is a split decision Mm -hmm. but unfortunately gruff wasn't able to get tombstone to damage itself and tombstone was able to maintain a uh, enough level of control that it got the one-one split. Now, if they're if if they do move to a higher point system, maybe it goes you know two-one split of control in Gruff's favor, and Gruff can still take it. Maybe. Yeah. This but, was yeah, okay. This was also a fight that I thought had it occurred at Robo Games or something like that, Gruff might have gotten that decision. Absolutely. At any other event that would have gone to Gruff. If it was not the BattleBot scoring system, Gruff would have taken that because Gruff Gruff took those hits like nobody's business. So like, I am very impressed with Sam because I, I knew that bot was tough. I didn't know it was that tough. Oh, yeah. I guess he got some good value out of selling his uh, the arena <laughs> to you guys. So at least, it, at least it was money well spent on Sam's part. Oh, damn it. I didn't even put two and two together. We funded Gruff. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make you feel a little better about it? Because it's a, it's a damn good bot. That makes me feel like we should have had a sponsorship slot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe next, you, should, you should push him on that next time. You probably could throw a <laughs> sticker on there. Uh, all right. Well, um, we can, we'll do two more matches. Maybe if you've got one, I think I know we have one in particular. Well, we've got two. I've, there's two more that I want to talk about. All right. So what's what do you got next? Rotator v. Blacksmith? Yeah, Rotator and Blacksmith is one of those ones where it really, as I'm watching it, there's no way, in my opinion, that Blacksmith should have won that. And my opinion was there was no way that Rotator should have won that. So we have Who's a, right? I can't remember my opinion. So we have a split couch decision here. We can check with the cat. Let's see. Nah, he's kind of nodding off. He's Ow. indifferent. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Ah, uh, let me tr- let me pull that fight back up in my memory. 
I remember I was just so in awe of the immediate de- almost decapitation of Blacksmith. Yeah, it was that one where basically uh, Rotator high-bladed him and knocked out his hammer before he even fired it. Yeah. But then kind of killed his, almost killed himself when he finally used the low blade, though. Like, he was holding out because he knew, like, I don't know, like, if I throw this punch, it's going to break my hand. Uh, I think that might have been, like, if I had to score it off of memory, split damage, badly, like, Two split damage two one in favor of rotator. Okay. <clears throat> control. I think I remember control going all to blacksmith because like they were. Al's a good driver. He's able to you know even when he's taking a hit, he's able to really quickly correct course and get back in there. Mm-hmm. And I believe he got all the aggression too, if I remember right. Yeah. So that's one of those examples where. Uh, he was just so dominating and able to have Rotator break itself or appear to break itself, um, but dominate aggression and control well enough to take it. Understood. I don't think Al's going to ever do worse than a tie on aggression. I don't think so. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, um, let's see. We had... Well, until he fights Witch Doctor. Oh, well, <laughs> true. Okay. Yeah, that one, even... like. That was all Witch Doctor all the time. That's true. I, we were going to talk about those fights. I think I think in that one, Al was just basically hoping that after seeing like Witch Doctor's weapon smoke a couple times, I think he was just hoping, let's bash into this thing a few times and just hope it conks itself out. Yep, that's, that, that's been my worry for Witch Doctor is the reliability of the weapon. Yeah, because that was really Al's only shot in that match. So... He gave it a go as best he could, but yeah, that is my concern too because I'm a fan of Witch Doctor. I wouldn't be unhappy if they went all the way. That's definitely a concern though. But yeah, all right. So um, our last match that we had on here was from last week. It was uh, a big match. We had Huge versus Whiplash. Huge, huge. It didn't seem like Jonathan cared that much that his bot wasn't going to get dismembered by Tombstone next. <laughs> yeah it's one of those like well i lost but also i won in a way yeah yeah also i can bring this back next year as is yeah or he can bring it to make your fair orlando or that yeah uh, that'll that's hint, hint. you know yeah it'll be uh he, it, it'll be it it'll be there sweet on display nice. there will be a it's okay i'm gonna hug it oh really there'll be a there will be a robot made from parts of Huge that will be competing. Hmm. Jonathan listens to this, so we could probably put a message out there for him. Yeah, he's going to be there. I can. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. That's, play. that's one of those people I, I do want to meet in person. So, but yeah, in that match, I I feel like again I said this earlier. Like, I don't know how Huge ever wins points on control because of an inherent bias of. It's this thing with these big goofy wheels just kind of spinning around the arena. Anything with like normal tires is going to wind up winning control over him. And I think, again, that may have been the bias of um, this is whiplash. They win control every time, no matter what. Yeah, but though I think like control is kind of a red herring in its naming because, like I said earlier, control is kind of that that balancing scale where mm-hmm. 
you it's one of those where you start at the neutral position and you kind of either lose it or you gain it. And Huge can, you know, show control and get control points by being in control of his own momentum and his own uh, positioning in the robot. Yeah, like I thought, he, I thought he was showing control when, like, Whiplash was trying to pin up against him. But then, you know, Huge running away, you, you know, you might think, oh, well, you know, he's being a sissy. No, he's trying to get some room to spin up his weapon, which he did, you know, several times. Yep. A robot moving away from another robot to get their weapon spun up does not count against them in an in aggression. Hmm. So <laughs> how would you? That. So on that fight, how would you have scored that? Uh, I would the score breakdown. Sure. Let's see. There's only one right answer, by the way. Seven zero huge. Well, maybe not seven zero, but. Eight to negative brought, one huge. They brought in four extra judges just to give it to huge even yeah. more. Um, well, right, control, they took a fan vote, and uh, I believe huge won. <laughs> control, I would split. Okay. Um, Don't let us influence you. If you want to give that to Whiplash, you go right ahead. Oh, no, I'm totally be an influencer. Like, Going off of memory, I think I would split control because okay. I don't think that huge was huge was in well enough control of itself. It wasn't you know floundering around the arena for very long. No, um, it didn't have that dazed and confused kind of look. Aggression, I would give to Whiplash. I think I think a hundred percent Whiplash. So two nil on that one. Yeah, and then damage. I think I would split it. Now, how can you split that? Because Whiplash didn't do anything. They took off a tread. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it seemed like they were using the lifting arm, and it was basically just having Huge leapfrog them over and over again. Yeah. Huge did superficial damage, right. but in absence of any other damage in the fight, you know, that kind of In absence of being able to split damage evenly mm-hmm. i think i would split it two one to huge okay so that would have given you four three for whiplash on that one yeah all right so not not outrageous and i didn't think it's not like i was throwing remotes across the living room saying they got ripped off but i i did think huge one but i thought they won four three oh, versus was, three I four is kind of a hair split but it's one of those fights you don't want to judge just because of how intricately difficult it is it's like how do you judge something that's you know eight inches tall to something that's 44 inches tall (laughs) (laughs) i oh yeah it's so now go ahead well that was the fight that like basically you hear uh kenny and chris come on in their little overdub explaining to people why basically why whiplash is going to get this decision yeah and they like they sometimes do that, and I think they might have. I don't know the editing schedule. They might have overdubbed some additional stuff later on once they were like, "Oh, people are getting up in arms about these judges' decisions." Oh no! Yeah, I remember them doing that. The first time I remember them doing that was the Last Chance Rumble last season, where they kind of talked considerably more about Bombshell at the end of that fight. <laughs> then Bombshell was actually active during the fight. 
Yeah. And you were just like, something is going to happen here. Something crappy is going to happen. Oh, it happened. And you were just, yeah, you were like, you could tell they were preparing you for something that they botched to an extent. So, all right. Now, you are the empress of battle bots. What would you change about judging, if anything? I honestly, I think I would leave it largely as it is because with the judging guidelines i think that it's pretty good i think i would add the one additional point in each category mm-hmm. um yeah that that does make sense i mean you you explained that one well where it's like yeah i mean that way you know you're not it's not just an all or nothing thing sometimes with some of these categories where you could yeah it's, hedge it's a not, little bit it's not an even split or all to one side it, it that's just not it doesn't give enough definition for some of those some of these fights how once the judges separated where they're in three separate corners so that they're not all seeing the same thing from the same angle that'd be interesting huh okay. and and importantly they're not talking to each other i think yeah there's there's some people some just worry about that so i think no, that would be an, an interesting idea from a logistics standpoint, I think that that would be a terrible idea. <laughs> well, he just said, he's like, hey, there's plenty of space everywhere. You could put them somewhere else. I thought maybe give them a little more elevation, but I don't know how high up they are. But uh, they're, they're not. They're basically right at wall level. How is your vantage point typically judging? Are you really able to see everything in all four corners of the uh, arena when something's going down? I have the advantage of my arena is not 48 feet long That's and true. 48 feet wide. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> last year I was standing right at the door, so I had the best view. Oh, <laughs> okay. I was, I was also the safety person in case something caught on fire. Yeah, I remember. So that. I kind of I have the best view of the fight. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, I guess that would be. Yeah, in that case, because I I only walked over there a couple times and I didn't really snoop around the judges' table too much as events were going on, because I'm sure you would have loved seeing me over your shoulder, like nosing around as you're trying to judge a match. But so yeah, I guess that would make sense. Have noticed you at all? Yeah, you probably would have (laughs) been yeah a little too busy at that moment. Like, go away, I'm judging. So 48 feet. I don't really. I guess I don't quite sometimes fathom how the size of the BattleBots arena. But um, about it's pretty big. Yeah, it's pretty dang big. Cause, and and it's when you're on one side of it, it's particularly a corner like the judges are. It's mm-hmm. sometimes hard to see, and I think they do have a camera view in the battle box. I don't know for sure though, but it's definitely not the very cleanly edited view we get on TV. Yeah, I don't. I don't expect them, and I probably I'm pretty sure they don't have replay like it's an NFL game where there's you know like 18 different high def camera shots at all moments of like <laughs> here take a look at this from this pylon you know so yeah, yeah. they do have some ability to like uh, ask the robots hey can you show functionality to see if they're damaged like hey can you spin up your weapon is it broken hey can you are you still able to drive around? And they can go inspect the, ro- the robots for damage. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know how often they uh, do that. All right. Now, I don't know if you know this or not. I, 
on average, how long after a fight ends do you think they come up with their decisions? At BattleBots? Yeah. Uh... I mean, I know it's not an instantaneous thing like we see on television because you got to, like, get in there and put all the fires out and all that good stuff. I didn't know. Look at that. Huge just knocked off Whiplash's wheel. It won. (laughs) Sorry, we we have the replay going on in the background. I didn't know if anybody had happened to ever tell you or give you, like, a ballpark on that. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I could ask Matt Spurk next week. All right. So now at, at one of your events after the match... I should know this, but I don't exactly. About how long does it take you guys to come up with a decision? Depending on the fight, some are immediate. Mm-hmm. Some uh, some take up to about 60 seconds. It really depends. We don't sit there and ponder over it for very, like, super long time. Um, but they're usually a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah, I guess if it's an A or B decision, you kind of have the decision made by the time that buzzer goes off. So that would make sense. All right. So um, do we want to go on and just, uh, I was just going to say, obviously we're down to eight bots and uh, you don't, you know about as much, well, actually you do know exactly as much of the outcome as we do because you've just seen the stuff on TV. Now, do you have a favorite from the top? Do you have a favorite from the top eight? Like who are, who are you rooting for? It's so hard. Two of my friends are fighting next week. Ugh, hate because like, yeah. There's there's Witch Doctor, and I love them because they're another Florida team, and like they help out so much in the community. And they're friends of the but podcast. Jameson. Yeah, and they're friends of the podcast. But then there's Jameson <laughs> and Saul Blaze, and I grew. I like we're in the same age group and the same community where we grew up together basically yeah we didn't and know we didn't know he was a florida boy yeah he used, he used to live in orlando uh his family still does um but yeah he got his start down here and then went to georgia tech and then to mit so cool yeah that's all right yeah i, I get it because there are weeks that we're torn too where we'll be sitting there like oh well we're you know we love this group, but we love this group too. So usually we just tend to root for not like neither bot to just get destroyed essentially at that point. And sometimes we do. Yeah. Um, I was trying to stall for time while I pulled up the bracket, but I can't find it. (laughs) Oh yeah. Do you have it, Brian? Uh, well, my phone is right. We're using my phone. So you gotta, you gotta pull up my picture. I know it. I don't know the bracket, but I can tell you who's left. We got uh, we got Whiplash, we got Tombstone, uh, Witch Doctor, Bite Force, Death Roll, Sawblaze. Ooh, who's the other two? I, uh, I would say we would edit this out, but I know Brian better. No, yeah, yeah I'm not going to edit this out. <laughs> yeah, there's still there's still noise going. We don't have to edit anything out yet. Can't can't anybody on Reddit have a? There was like eight thousand brackets. Just check my on text message stream to you. You have the bracket oh in my there. God, us these people. Okay, there's like some. No, news. you just you, you click on my name up there, and then you click on the info, <laughs> and then it's got all the pictures. Yeah, yeah. He's not going to edit. This is the right. most professional so, podcast next, ever. Okay. The next thing. All right. Uh, Bite Force is going to fight Lockjaw. Oh, Lockjaw. See, Lockjaw to me is so forgettable. I don't know why either. It's, I think it just it I seems to win a lot, see, but I just don't lend it any credence. 
I don't see Lockjaw beating Bite Force at all. Me either. Tombstone I... versus Whiplash can go really either way. Totally. It depends on the phase of the moon, which <laughs> at that time of month, I think it was a full moon. Well, didn't was it t- no because to- Tombstone lost a uh, bombshell last year. They, I think they didn't they fight earlier this year. Tombstone and Whiplash last year, I think they did. It was last. Was season. it last? Oh, that's right, because it was Whiplash's fourth match last season. I'm gonna say on that and one, it got dismembered. So Whiplash needs to fight a perfect fight to beat Tombstone. Tombstone yeah. just needs one good hit to to kill I think Whiplash. That, honestly, Whip like it, it really depends because uh, like. Did Ray actually? Yeah, Ray midway through the competition this year replaced his entire frame. So I think that he's going to do fine because that's the problem with Tombstone. He bends his frame in half. Mm-hmm. Like every hit is bending stuff. Yeah, and by the time last year the end of the tournament rolled around, I think he said he had to use half link chains because his frame was so stretched. Yep. Yeah, Minotaur really did a number on it last season, which great rebuild on the fly this season, though, because that one was ready for Gruff, and we kind of over here thought Gruff might take that just because of that. See, look, even the Whiplash guys think they lost. They were surprised that they were announced the winners. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, the, the next match. Go ahead. <laughs> next one, Witch Doctor versus Sawblaze. Yeah, another yeah, Florida oh, that's locals. Another, that's another toss-up because, like, Witch Doctor was in top shape last week and, you know, seems to work, have worked out its reliability problems. But Sawblaze, like, Jameson is such a good driver. Yeah. Like, and both of them are. And pre-flight plan- pre-fight planning he is good at, too. So Yeah, I... I'm curious how how high do you think um, Witch Doctor had their weapon tuned down for Blacksmith? Because it I don't think they quite cranked it up. Probably not to burn it out. It didn't seem like they really had it cranked up that high for Blacksmith. I feel like they had it cranked up well enough. Yeah, like the thing with like Blacksmith, uh, its armor kind of peels away pretty easy, so that dissipates some of that energy a bit. It's a weird. Thing. Understand. So now, um, are you are you basing any of your whip or uh, not whiplash um, witch doctor decisions on the uh, Amazon event that they had before the BattleBot season? Obviously, that took place after the BattleBot season, but they wrecked two very capable bots. Oh yeah, that fight against Bronco at Amazon was just surgical. I'm gonna may look f- may look a little worse now that we've seen uh, Bronco for the season, but. I'm gonna. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm picking Witch Doctor because they're gonna be at the event that we'll discuss a little later on Friday, and I want to see him win. Okay. I, yeah, I think, I, I, think uh, I. I would say they're my they're my brain pick. I yeah. want to say if you if you made me put money on one of these two teams, I would pick Witch Doctor, and my official uh, reason why would be just cause would be Homerism. <laughs> but if I do Saw think Blaze, that, if Sawblaze goes with the normal saw. I think that they could take Witch Doctor. If they try to go with the kinetic energy saw, they're going to lose. Interesting. Jameson does not, like, the the physics of that kinetic disc just do not lend itself to Jameson's driving of salt plays. That's good analysis there. I would not have thought of that. So it's too, it's too much weight in the back. He always pops wheelies. Oh, he did talk about that, too. Yeah, because we, when we talked to him, it was... Uh... 
like I, we kind of asked him about that and like he was talking about moving more weight to the front but then he had made it more powerful and better with better traction so he was still popping we- more wheelies than he wanted to yeah he usually uses the arm to kind of press down on the floor but it just pushes it back drives the motor more than the motor can push down interesting now we have death roll and minotaur uh holy that's gonna be that one's gonna be tons of fun i think because minotaur has clearly worked out their issues from the beginning of the season and but they're going against my heart pick my heart is going for death roll i think everybody has underrated death roll a bit i mean it was a little surprising seeing them only get a six seed despite being undefeated I bet Yeti was pretty unhappy about that. I picked in my head. I thought I picked Yeti to win. I don't. I don't think I published it anywhere, but I picked Yeti to win. Uh, very wrong again about Death Roll. So I think that. And that said, I'm picking. No matter Minotaur. what, no matter what, that fight's going to be entertaining. Hell both yeah! Both of them have shown they're very reliable. Like oh, Death okay. Roll, I don't think has broken down once this year. No, they no. got their wedgelets ripped off on the fight against Edge and Endgame. Endgame, but they switched out the front part to uh, just have like the little claw things. Yeah, but, and they bounced all around the battle box and kept running. That's saying something. Yeah, indeed. So, um, that's I just said about all the stuff about how everybody's counted them out, and I'm picking Minotaur. And I hope I reverse Jinx Death Roll because they were a fun bunch, and they have the best self writer in the tournament. Yes, but they have not <laughs> no. needed yet. <laughs> no, it's great uh, so, for celebrations, though. It is. Brian, who are you picking in this one? Oh, Death Roll. I'm, I'm picking Death Roll with my heart to win the whole thing. All right, Lily, Death what do you got? Yeah. I, I think Death Roll can take it. Rock that on. Nice, that nice, meaty aluminum body of Minotaur, it's just going to get dug right into. And they're very uh, Death Roll is very stable when they hit other bots. It doesn't seem to fling them around everywhere. Yeah. All right. So that would give you two a death roll witch doctor semifinal. Yeah, that's tough. (laughs) It would give me a minotaur witch doctor semifinal, in which I would give me a salt blaze death roll. (laughs) Maybe. Oh yeah, that's true. You you said maybe on that one. You kind of hedged. So yeah, I'm, I'm rocking witch doctor to the finals. Um. Yeah, and so that's Brian. Which doctor could totally take death roll? I think. Yeah, I think that would be where the magic run stops. But no, nah, I'm going. I'm taking. I'm taking death roll. I'm going with my heart, man. I'm taking death roll all the way. They're gonna. They're gonna pick, be against Bite Force in the finals. Although right. Bite Force and Tombstone, if that happens, that'll be an interesting. I one guess too. you gave away yours. Um, so Lily, which doctor? Which doctor? It has slightly better speed, slightly better control, and I think if Witch Doctor was fighting Death Roll, that Mike would go ham on the aggression. Yeah. He would just be that surgical precision we saw at Amazon. Cool. I could see that. All right. Um, so so we're, we're going to make you pick who you're taking to win the whole thing. We haven't even talked about... about like Bite Force versus Tombstone. Oh yeah, Bite Force but versus Tombstone. Um, it's a rematch. I'm going they, Tombstone in this one. I just I, I've seen a, a little bit of chinks in the armor in Bite Force this season, and by yeah. that I mean there's such a damn machine that anything you see you can kind of 
talk yourself into. But, you know, they've had some a little tenuous against Yeti. Um, I just think this time Ray figures it out. Yeah, I think that it would it's a it's a great rematch from the first reboot season finals. But I think that this version of Bite Force cannot beat Tombstone. Cannot beat Tombstone. Interesting. I kind Cause of because Ray is a Ray is perfect at controlling that bot, even when it loses control. He is. He really is. I mean, that's that's a veteran's veteran right there. I guess you can say. So Brian, I think it. I think it just comes down to uh, well, you already said which, bite force. Well, yeah, because I mean, I think, and because Paul, I think it will be. It'll come down to what side of the rotation. Uh, Bite Force catches Tombstone's blade, if that makes any sense. Yeah, like, does he put up a plow or something like that? Well, it's like, uh, you know, if he hits him kind of, like, cockeyed to one side, he gets the blade coming to him, as opposed to if he hits him on the other side, he gets the blade going into the side of him. So I think if he hits the blade head-on, you know, it's, uh, I think it'll give him a better chance. But, yeah, I, I can't go against the champ until he loses. All right, so I got... So I have Witch Doctor Tombstone as my final. You have... Well, we've already seen that match. We have. Um, we'll see it again. <laughs> you have... Um, I've got Death Roll and Bite Force. Death Roll and Bite Force. Lily has... Question mark? Witch Doctor and Tombstone. Interesting. You so guys we, are going Witch chalk. Doctor Tombstones. Um, or maybe Saw Blizz. Maybe we'll get surprised. Because I, I did go 50-50 on that one. I'm going Witch Doctor. What the hell? Yeah. We're, we're going to party um, like it's 1999 in Orlando on Friday. <laughs> oh, nah, death roll, man. I'm giving, I'm giving it to the self-funded team that you know, they, they came from being underdogs down under. <laughs> I'm going to go with um, Duck from the top rope. <laughs> yeah. yeah he's just gonna he's just gonna come out from the the uh what do you call the the ramp in the middle you're like it's oh, oh that's ducks, ducks music gonna out. there's gonna be there's gonna be a hit something's gonna go up the light's gonna break like it has tons of times already and they're like oh my goodness they've lost another light and all of a sudden for bam duck falls from the ceiling <laughs> of the battle box and some and wind. It's, it's suddenly a three-way rumble and the two other bots are just dead. So Duck is just the only one moving, and he wins. I don't think he would accept that win, though, because he doesn't like rumbles. I love it, though. <laughs> if we uh, mix this in with wrestling. Uh, so, all right. I entered a bombshell from the Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. So now, um, yeah, before we let you go, um, not only are you a judge and uh, the executive at the Robot Ruckus, you are also a bot builder. So I am. Tell us about the bot or bots, because you know you could have more than one, uh, that you are working on and or fighting currently. Uh, right now, I'm trying to finish up my three-year dream project of uh, my Sporkinok heavyweight. Sporkinok is my antweight robot, my most successful one that I built overnight and put a spork on. <laughs> and it's still fighting. I used the... like. Uh, the last frame I had for it, I had for like six years, and then it finally cracked in half. Ah, so now so it's I've retired. been working on a heavyweight version. Oh yeah, but I've been working on a heavyweight version 
Um, and that's going to be done this year. Last year I had last year we bought an arena, so I had to put off my work on it, and then I hurt my shoulder, Ouch. <laughs> so I couldn't work on it at all for the first part of the year. Huh. But this year, this year it'll be done. Cool. Is How- it going to go by the same name or? Uh yeah, it's still going to be Sporknock. Um because confusion is fun. Sure. <laughs> how how it's, difficult is it scaling up from an ant weight to a heavyweight? Uh it's pretty dang hard just because <laughs> I'm so used to building so compact and the small weight classes and then you're going up to a heavyweight and you're like, "Oh, it looks like too much room inside designing it." But, oh, my God, do you want that room? There's yeah. so much room in the robot be- because it's needed. Oh, yeah. Any uh, any teaser as to what kind of bot Sporknock is? Or do we have to wait and find out? It's got a spork. Okay. Well. It's, it's a hammer bot. Gotcha. With a spork. Okay. Well, I, so this one's got a, <laughs> a, a hammer spork, the a, like a true hammer. Well, I thought it could have been a stabber like Bale Spear or something like that. Oh, so. that's true. Or a flipper. I guess well, as soon as you said it, I was thinking about Bale Spear because I always liked making fun of uh, I always make making fun of Bale Spear. Unfortunately, <laughs> so why do you say unfortunately? Because well, he's a cool guy. And you, it, I know, but you you did it to him while he was on the podcast, and he's going to be a robot ruckus. So uh, the more shit I talk, you know, the yeah. bigger he's going to be in person. So. <laughs> And he gave you crickets. Yeah, so. (laughs) (laughs) Top five moment on the podcast. So, um, do you have a a website or anything that your bot updates are on? Like where we can kind of read? No, that's a good idea. I should do that. All right, well, we'll, um, (laughs) you know, I I see you post on Reddit sometimes, so maybe I can just kind of, you know, watch for you posting on there to see if we can find something on that. Yeah, by the t- next time I'm on, uh, I'll have a website, maybe. Awesome. Cool. So now, uh, we had met you last year at the Maker Fair, and we're already getting super excited about that again. Can you... Uh, <laughs> yes. Can you tell us about... Um, I guess this year we've decided to give the Robot Combat a title, a.k.a. Robot Ruckus. Could you tell us a little bit about what we have in store at Robot Ruckus this year? Absolutely. Yes. So the reason for the name change is because it's always been battles at Maker Fair mm-hmm. because I'm 12 and I like acronyms. Um, oh, bam. But, I got it. Yeah, bam. <laughs> bam. Gotcha. Okay. I was like, well, yeah, you can't think about that and not just say bam. I like it. <laughs> um, but for marketing purposes, last year I really noticed it. I'm like, shit, I can't market my event without including Maker Fair in it. And that causes a problem because like, okay, what if I want to make a Facebook page for my robot event, but I want to have events elsewhere than Maker Fair, or I don't want to have to ask Maker Fair every time I want to do something. So I bounced a bunch of ideas around my head and almost every single one was already taken except Robot Ruckus, Mm. which I love. Because I love the word ruckus. It's, a, it's um, a fun word to say. Yeah. So that's the story behind the name and the name change. Uh, as for the event itself, oh my god, this is a, it, it exploded this year. Yeah. So to put in perspective, uh, we've been running at Maker Fair Orlando 
the big robots for the last, this is the fourth year. The first year, I think we had five heavyweights. Uh, the second year, same kind of like seven-ish. And then last year, we had 10. And then this year, we have 28 heavyweights. Oh, wow. Lord. Yeah, like... We were like, oh, we have way too many robots next year. We're going to limit the small robots. The big robots, uh, if we double, we'll be fine. If we get, you know, 20 heavyweights and six 30-pounders, that'd be great. And then everything filled up within two weeks. Wow. And, and it's, it's, it's just it's a wonderful feeling because it's the culmination of all of this work I've been putting into Maker Fair Orlando over the years. Mm-hmm. And... And I'm excited to have that many robots at an event and just to be like fighting robots is still alive in the Southeast. Yeah. for I mean, Yeah. I mean, so are they going to give you guys any more pit space? Cause it was, uh, it seemed like it was pretty cramped in there last year. Uh, yes, absolutely. So this year we've also kind of integrated more into the planning and production team of maker fair Orlando. Uh, I'm actually heading up, the what they call the planning committee for the event and basically at the start they were like here's 20,000 square feet how much of it do you want I'm like that's a lot of room yeah (laughs) that's a lot so we have the entire that entire uh uh, wing of that building we were in uh, the spirit building and then and then some, because a small arena is not going to be in that wing at all. That wing is just the big arena and the bleachers for it. So the small oh, arena cool. is going to be small arena is going to be kind of in the back of the building uh, against the wall. Because like they were they were talking about, well, do you want to be you know front and center in the middle? I'm like, not really, because then it's not going to give any space for anyone else in that building. I'd rather be off on the side so that I can kind of contain the crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to see that Tesla coil band somewhere again. So yeah, yeah, Architect, <laughs> they are not going to be there this year. Wah, so wah. Make, yeah, Maker Fair is kind of trying this uh, every year on year off thing, <laughs> where one year they'll have they'll showcase an out of town, a non local uh, group like Architect, mm-hmm. and then the next year they'll showcase a local group. Like for this year, it's Robot Ruckus. Oh, that's and then cool. Next, next year, they'll showcase a not local group, and then the year after, a local group again. Oh, look, if it's you guys or that, I'm taking you guys. So that's fine. Oh, uh, yeah. And I, one of the things last year that I found really good about it was that it kind of served as you know, a good place to get tape for some of these up and coming bots that wound up making it on the show. Like we saw. Absolutely. You know, I have. I have good. I have knowledge from a very good source, uh, the co-owner of BattleBots, Greg, that Mammoth would not have gotten on BattleBots if it hadn't been at Maker Fair Orlando. Oh, I can absolutely agree that that was like the best tape that they had, maybe the only tape to that point, and they were successful there. They got a lot of attention there and drove you nuts trying to get the thing in and out of the arena. <laughs> We mentioned that a couple of times. I think we just said we we asked, um, yeah, we asked Ricky, like, are you going to make it any bigger and give Lily an absolute migraine the entire time? Or, <laughs> but um, yeah, it 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 served as a good jumping off point for some of these teams like Mammoth and Extinguisher and Blue Knee Shatter. Um, so 
it's been a real you know it's been a really successful event and yeah just seeing it grow organically even to this point is outstanding work you've done yeah and like it's not just me like the the people i have helping <laughs> like chuck butler from north the north carolina uh um Clash of not Clash of Bots. I should know the name of his event. Oh yeah, but Ch- I don't. Yeah, Chuck works. Uh, he works on Gruff too. Yeah, like okay. he comes down and helps all the time. And Paul Grada from Witch Doctor helps amazingly. Like I've basically handed the small small insect bots to him. I'm like, whatever you need from me, let me know. This is your event to run. Cool. <laughs> please, please, and like the maker effect foundation itself that runs maker fair Orlando, like the support they've given us is remarkable and amazing. And then like, we couldn't do it without them. Oh yeah. I mean, there was a ton of people that, yeah, their work went into that. Um, I was just singling out you because you looked exhausted every time we saw you (laughs) and in an enjoyable way, like I'm having fun, but I'm also really tired. (laughs) Uh, well last year I had spent, Every weekend, like I had just changed jobs in September, I spent every weekend of October working on the arena, cleaning it up and repainting it. And then I spent the entire, like from Wednesday until Friday, Saturday morning at 6 a.m. setting up the arena. And Friday night, I was up literally all night welding, welding the floor down. Wow, I remember hearing that. So, yeah, Did you give Adam Wrigley a hard time for coming and ruining it with with blue? Like no, pounding the he, floor. Like he didn't steal, uh, bend any of the steel plates much at all. He put some dings in it, but didn't bend them. Uh, bent the subfloor frame. I found out uh, the last couple weeks. Oh, <laughs> great! <laughs> yeah, that's on the upgrade list for next year. Yeah. Now, um, will your bot be competing at this event? Um. I will be competing in some exhibition fights. I will not be competing in the actual tournament because I gave my spot to Will Bales because Will Bales failed to register in time. Come oh, on, Will, Will Bales! On. I was going to yeah. say if if your bot was a uh, if your bot was in, I would judge those matches for you. Uh, it's going to be in some exhibition fights, or if like five heavyweights no show, I'll just throw it in anyway. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, so now so, we can say Will Bale smells like shame. <laughs> <laughs> After the rake debacle against Huge, yeah, Ooh. he smells like shame. <laughs> so <laughs> now there's also going to be at the Robot Ruckus uh, a VIP event this season. Could you give us a little uh, detail about that? Yeah, so when we realized what was happening with like all of the BattleBots teams talking about Robot Ruckus as the event to go to, to like test your robot before BattleBots. We were like, we can do some fundraising for this to help pay for these arena upgrades we want to do. Oh, yeah. So we reached out to them all. Uh, I believe it was um, Andrea, one of Andrea's ideas or something that she helped a lot with, Andrea from Witch Doctor. Yeah. Um, we reached out to them all. It was like, hey... Would you guys be willing to do a VIP meet and greet fundraiser after Maker Fair on Saturday night? And they were like, yeah. So after Maker Fair closes on Saturday, we're going to have the uh, meet and greet, you know, dinner. We'll, ha- we'll be providing food. 
Uh, we're deciding exactly what we're going to be doing this week. Mm-hmm. Um, we might be doing some like robot expos, uh, some flame demos. <clears throat> you get to have that really more intimate one-on-one time with the teams from BattleBots, huh. and it like all of all of the proceeds from it minus the expenses like the food goes to the arena upgrade. Nice. <coughs> I have three words for the food here. Gruff roasted hot dogs. That has come up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, so this is going to be a suit and tie affair, correct? No. <laughs> no. No. It's Saturday night after Maker Fair. It's going to be. It, it, it's going to be casual. Yeah, I don't. We will be having like silent auction for items, so it's going to be like somewhat sophisticated. But no, it's not going to be super fancy. And yeah. what, they're, what, what it's really going to happen is the teams that are bringing robots to fight, they're going to let you wrench on them and help, and you know, you're going to fix them because they're not going to be quote. so tired. Yeah, not, not really. <laughs> they're just going to exploit you for labor. So now if people are planning on going, uh, where are, like, what website should we go on to check this out? Uh, on <coughs> Or on Pardon. Facebook, you know, whichever. No, no problem. I know there's an event on Facebook for it. Okay. If you go to our website at robotruckus.org, also okay. known as robotruckus.org. <laughs> I like you it. You will never unsee that now. You're right. No, that's what I'm going to refer to it now from now on. <laughs> uh, you'll see a link that says VIP fundraiser. Okay. And that takes you to the Eventbrite page for it. Cool. Yeah, and there's and a... It, it, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. You you beat me to it. There are limited tickets available for it. We've capped it at 100 tickets for Ooh. it because we didn't want it to be like a whole lot of people. We still wanted it to be kind of uh, uh, intimate. So it's going to yeah. be like if all 100 tickets sell out, that's about a one-to-one ratio of um, – people that are coming to the fundraiser versus the BattleBots teams that are there. Makes sense. If everybody was allowed to go, it's not really a VIP event, is it? Absolutely. Like, so. like even the competitors at it, uh, in Robot Ruckus, they don't get entry into this. This is exclusive. Nice. Well, I mean, what you're really saying, I'm, and we keep referring to Will Bales, sorry, Will, that <laughs> you just you want people to know what Will Bales smells like. Yeah, in my Reddit post for it, I said, come find out what Will Bell smells like. That's right. He, yeah, <laughs> you did. You totally did. I forgot about that. That was fantastic. Yeah, so so there's a Facebook page, just Robot Ruckus, correct? Correct. Right. Facebook.com slash Robot Ruckus. And I guess the, the final event that we were we were going to talk about. Yeah, we and don't we can, really need to plug it all that much. We don't have to plug it, but... You can't go. Um, there is oh a watch God. party this Friday night for the BattleBots finale. Um, could you tell our listening audience what they can't go to unless they've already bought tickets for it? <laughs> yeah, it, it's completely sold out. It sold out in four days. It like we <clears throat> we we came up with this other idea where you know uh, I think I think it was Andrea again that came up with the idea because they've been doing watch parties in Miami and they were like we have a relationship with the Orlando Science Center. Okay. They have a giant theater. Yeah. Why don't we see if we do a finale? Why, why don't we see if we can do a finale viewing in the Cynodome at the Science Center? And the Science Center said yes. And then we were like, oh, 
okay. Well, let's yeah. put this on a let's put this on Eventbrite, and then it sold out, and we're like, well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, like we like it's gonna it's like with everything with Robot Ruckus this year, it's just like the overwhelming amount of support and love people are showing is amazing and awesome. Yeah, it's. I mean, I. I I wouldn't even say I'm surprised about it though because it's just it's it's picking up and there's such a big um you know there's a big grassroots thing here in Florida because there's so many teams now from this state and from this area that um you know it's it's probably one of the best chances you can get and we went to Maker Fair last year and you know it's amazing the access that you get to these guys and it's not necessarily you know you bugging them either they're happy to talk about this stuff with everybody so it's yeah. really cool. And yeah, that's a part I forgot about the the viewing. The, it's not just a finale viewing at Science Center. It's a finale viewing with several of the Florida teams. That's correct. We have uh, Breaker Box, Jim Smentowski coming. We yeah. have Gruff, Sam McGamus. We've got, uh, I know Hypershock and Witch Doctor are coming. And all of these robots are going to be on display as well. Kraken is also going to be there. Cool. I actually have a um, an interesting scenario that could happen too. Um, we get to the finale. It's Tombstone v um, Witch Doctor. Tombstone wins. There is lo- there is only one lone undefeated team still standing, and that is Tampa, Florida's own Extinguisher and John Flack. We all celebrate with John this week. Let's do it. Hell yeah! I think he'll. I think he's also going to be there. Yeah, I talked to him. He said he was coming too. So yeah, that's maybe that's the ideal scenario for him if we crown him champion at this event. You better bring a crown. <laughs> I'll go to Burger King on the way uh, out and there. Just put undefeated on it. Be awesome. <laughs> well, we won't keep you anymore. Uh, thank you so much for all the work you do, though. I mean, because it was a ton of fun last year. Uh, we're looking so forward to Robot Ruckus this year, as well as this watch party. This is going to be you know, two amazing events that you've helped put on. Yeah, I'm. It's it, it's great. I'm tired all the time, but like seeing the excitement of people makes it worth it, and seeing these robots fight in a, such a small arena. And just, yeah, I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's, it's still fun, and I'm sure you're going to be a big sponsor of Red Bull and coffee for the next couple of months. But just know it's appreciated. Well, so, thank you. I, I appreciate you guys coming out. Like you guys were a wonderful surprise last year. I was like, who? Yeah, sure. Here's a table. <laughs> oh no, that, that, that's the typical what? reaction. And yeah, yeah. you're. I, you're welcome anytime to just come grab a mic and start talking no matter who we've got up there. So just help yourself at this event if we're here next year. <laughs> Uh-oh. All right. Well, uh, see what well, you've we didn't done. get to talk about Mass Effect, so oh, I'm going to have to come back on uh, let's in a do couple th- weeks. Well, yeah. Weeks, All right. Let's, let's do 120 seconds of Mass Effect. So you are uh, – were you a fan of Andromeda? Uh a bit like I liked what they were going for. I, I can see its faults. Uh, I hated the difficulty slider because it just made things more bullet spongy. I loved the jump mechanic. I loved the vehicle. I loved Drax. Uh, I hated the initial graphics before they fixed all the facial animations. Yeah, it was. Yeah, very... see, I didn't get to see that, but you know, pre 
facial fix. Uh, were you more of a fan of like the Paragon v. Renegade versus whatever the hell was going on in this one? I mean, I, I thought it was intriguing, but yeah. not exactly hashed out completely. It was not. It was felt very slapped together, like a very ambiguous dialogue wheel. What what does this mean? What am I saying? <laughs> and uh, Wait, why is this character suddenly into my character? Yeah. <laughs> now in no, the, I'm not flirting with you. <laughs> in the original trilogy, did you usually go Paragon or Renegade? Or just, let's see what both do. Uh, usually Paragon, except for the Renegade options that, you know, no one can pass up. Pass oh, yeah. Up, like, stabbing kai leng because he's a terrible <laughs> character that should have never been introduced into the games or series at all yeah, well and if, and if you play full renegade you it's like your you, character is just such a dickhole yeah you you have to make some decisions that you just can't make yourself do essentially no. yeah you know so like, it's oh. Through the quarians. Oh, Tally jumped off a cliff. Oh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, your favorite side character in the original trilogy? In the original trilogy, I think I gotta go like side character, not on the squad. Um, let's do that. Non squad and then squad. Oh gosh, I've got to think of mine too. I want to say just the anytime I saw the Volus on there, they just cracked me up. Yeah. The Volus, yeah. Funny. Um, the Volus and the Elcor in the first one, just because like they were so side, like you could completely skip them and miss them, but they just gave such a life to the universe of Mass Effect. They really exactly. That's kind of what it was. It's just I enjoyed these characters, and I'm like, you know, this is something maybe we're going to spend five, ten minutes on in this game, but I appreciate that they took the time to flesh these characters out so that I can enjoy them. And then I've seen people cosplay as those things at Mass Effect, so or at um at uh, Comic-Cons. Super excited. Now, who I did... love those oh things. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> who did you always pick on your squad nearly every time you went out? Um Let's see. Uh in Mass Effect 1, I usually picked Garrus cuz he could actually use a sniper rifle. True. Uh, early game, I did not choose Rex. I chose him usually more late game. I usually rolled with... Actually, I usually rolled with Tally and Liara. Tally to deal with shields, Liara to deal with everything else. Yeah. And I pew-pewed. <laughs> yeah, if I had three, I usually went Tally, Liara, and then maybe Garrus, just depending on you know the level. So. Yeah, which yeah. one was the lock picker? Tally. Ooh. Yeah, so I usually had Tally and Garrus. Because I always I, I can't get to a lock that I can't open. So usually, like from that, that was the game that taught me. From that point on, I need to be the lock picker, so that way I know I always have one. Yeah. Occasionally, oh. more than just for the lulls of it, essentially. Oh yeah, Mass <laughs> Effect Two. It uh, Morden was fun for the lulls, but it was so damn squishy. Mass Effect Two. I ran with Grunt and Garrus. Yeah, yeah, I did get a lot of Grunt in that game. I kind of. For some reason, yeah, I was attached to Grunt. I don't know why. He was fun. My, my Shepherd was the power user, so I had all the biotics. Uh, Garrus was long range, and Grunt just ran up to people yeah. and punched them. <laughs> yeah, that was that was nice if you needed some like close quarters combat on there. So, yeah, I, 
we could do this for hours. I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, you've gone. You've then passed Mass- gone more than your 120 seconds. Sir. Yeah, and then Mass Effect three. Just to real, just to finish it out. <laughs> yeah, Mass Effect three. Uh, my Shepard was the power user because Vanguard is broken in Mass Effect three. Yeah. Um, until you until you got insta killed. Oh. And then I ran with Garrus and Liara, I believe, just because you get them early and they're pretty tanky. So what you're saying is always be Garrus. Yeah, always, always have a Vicarian. There is no Shepherd without Vicarian. Rock on. Yeah, that that's. I, I did kind of the same thing with my lineup after a while. I went with them early, and then I was just like, you know, why mess with success? So, uh, then I, then in Andromeda, that's the worst part of Andromeda. I don't remember the, who I had <laughs> usually on my squad because they were so forgettable in I, combat. Yeah, it's just I. You know, I put about 30 hours into that game, but it was simultaneous with um, Horizon Zero Dawn, and it's just I have not played that game, but oh my god, I want to. Huh. I could bring it to Robot Ruckus and let you borrow it or have <laughs> it. The PS4. Oh, yeah, that would help, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would definitely help. Um, Anyways, that finishes our Mass Effect discussion for yes, this episode. for now. <laughs> to be continued. Yes. So, Lily, I want to thank you again so much for everything. And, uh, yeah, we will definitely have you on again. Yeah, sometime before Maker Fair, maybe. Like, there's, like, a whole month left. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, we got one episode of BattleBots left, so we're going to need something to talk about in the next couple of months. So we will be in touch again. Absolutely. Wow. You, you know, you, you, the way you put it like that, it's... Makes you feel sad? Yeah, a little bit. I know. We're going to have to have something to talk about. We only got one more BattleBots episode. It's over already? Well, but, then again, we're going to get the science episodes, and we're going to get to root for <laughs> Extinguisher finally. Well, I'll, I'll say this, though. At least once the BattleBot season is over, we can talk to these teams without having to dance around spoilers that they know that we don't know. Exactly. Maybe. So, because I know the Science Channel episodes are still planned to be aired, and they're also going to be released for Facebook supporters at the same time. Yeah, hmm. but let's be honest. Those things are bonus matches for a reason. So maybe we'll have to keep Mum with John Flack a yeah. bit, but we could talk to... <laughs> yeah, we can't have John go blabbing all over the place. <laughs> I know, he just has to keep this a secret until Christmas, basically. Ironically, the only person to spoil me on a fight was Greg Munson. The co-owner uh, of BattleBots. Come on, Greg. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm calling. I'm going to call him out. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, yeah, the one person that probably has to hold everybody to these NDAs. And yeah, spilling the beans, Greg. All uh, right. Well, we will not keep you. I'm sure you got probably got to pass out at some point here. But uh, yeah, good luck. And we will talk to you leading up to Robot Ruckus. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. All right. Take care, Lily. You too. Alrighty, folks, and we are back. How lovely was that? Yeah. Thanks again, Lily, for coming on. Uh, that was very informative. I yeah, still think Gruff got hosed, but whatever. Well, and it's always fun, too, when you can have a guest on that doesn't know the outcome so that there's no NDAs to spoil, and you can just nerd, about, out, nah, nerd out about upcoming matches and stuff. Yeah, and you don't have to ask them questions where they have to pretend they don't know the answer answer. 
or just say uh, we can't say that. You know? Yeah. Well, or can we talk about that? We dug a little too deep, I think, a couple of times earlier <laughs> this season. And st- yeah, we tried. There was some stuff we tried to get away with, but I mean, because really, we've never seen the NDA. We don't know how deep it goes. I, you just sometimes you just forget. I mean, I know. I realize when I'm watching that it's taped, and I realize they don't go and do this two hours every Friday, but you trick yourself into thinking that, I guess. It's more fun to think that it's spread out than just this was a tournament that happened in two weeks. Yeah. So, I don't know. But um, that was a lot of fun. I'm super. I'm looking forward to, first of all, the watch party this coming Friday. Yeah. I know. Darn right. With uh, all those teams. And then... Um, you know, just when you finally started, uh, you know, missing BattleBots a bit, when, you know, it's like a month, month and a half after the show's over, we had a nice big tournament over a weekend to watch. Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. And, uh, you know, just having been there once and getting to know more of the teams, maybe we'll get better seats. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I am impressed with how, you know, organically this thing has grown, though, to the just about monster than it is this season yeah we're just we're just gonna set the table up inside the the battle arena this time they have to just fight around us yeah we'll put our feet up to let them go underneath sounds like the roomba i I can see nothing wrong with it i mean there's no ke weapons there so i mean i guess we're skilled enough we can step out of the way all right and let's just hypothetically since there's no ke weapons um how much money would it cost for you to stand in the corner for one of those matches? Ooh. Uh, well, I mean, depends on who's fighting. Like, so Hypershock, I wouldn't because they're fast and like they're hard to get out of the way of. Mammoth is really big, so there's hardly anywhere to hide from them. And I could still see if Shatter had a weapon that like some stuff flying off bots. Yeah. That I don't want near my face, legs, and pee pee. Maybe in so. like a maybe in a thirty pound fight. Oh, I'd, yeah. I'd stand behind the the little uh, what do you call it the barrier that guards the door. I'd stand in that little corner, even if a uh, good old slicey dicey was in there. Yeah, I like slicey dicey. I'd try him like he's a doggy. Yeah, and he said, um, "I know." Um, let's see. Yeah, Lily said she said that they were going to do the smaller arena over kind of offset from the uh, arena. But I do want to watch some of the smaller matches. There was a. There was a bot um, Halo last year that was really cool. Yeah, that was like what that quote unquote melty brain type bot. What is a melty brain bot? It's it's a tambourine on acid, basically. It was really cool. Interesting. Yeah, you'll have to. I think there's YouTube videos. I've talked to the team a couple of times about coming on. Maybe leading up to uh, Robo Truckus, we'll have them on. Sweet. So yeah, that was that was good. Uh, I you know I still feel the way i feel about certain matches but i can understand you know how they're judging it and then you know it is like we said this is going on live for them there's no multiple camera angles top down view yeah and i just and like the point was given i think there should just maybe be more points so that it's not like all like all or like split down the middle you know yeah cuz 20 is sometimes losing an entire category in the judging is very crippling. I mean, you pretty much have to dominate the other categories. Right. And, I mean, and, of course, it stinks, though, that if you're not a kinetic energy, like a big weapon type, you pretty much do have to dominate control and aggression. Like, if you're duck, 
you can't sit back. Yeah. You know, and you can't take your time and you can't really be lazy with the stick. I mean, because you have to win control and aggression if you're duck. If you want, I mean, although personally you're hoping it doesn't go to the judges' cards. Yeah. Uh, but if yeah. it does, you're not going to win damage too often. You could, according to Lily. She explained somehow, you know, sometimes that you do, but. Yeah. Usually not, though. It's an uphill battle for sure. Like, I think they might give you one if you did something spectacular, but chances are, you know, sadly, he's not getting any of those damage points. Uh, we didn't talk too much about last week's matches. Did you want to do a stud and dud of the week? Well, stud, uh, I'm kind of tempted to say Minotaur just because it's so easily dispatched of uh, Hydra, who apparently won one of the uh, what the giant bolts. Oh yeah, for like best newcomer. No, best newcomer. Um, Cumber. I'm gonna I'm gonna look up while you give your stud of the week. Oh, um, I'll go with one that you'd probably agree with. Death roll. Yeah, that's true. That, Why not death yeah, roll? Yeah, that it would have it would be between Minotaur and Death Roll, I think, because uh, oh, you death know what? Roll. I have to I have to backtrack. I'm gonna I'm gonna decline that one. Sawblaze. Sawblaze was the oh, study. Sawblaze was good too. They because took out Sunawayachi pretty handily. That was an out and out destruction. Um, we mentioned briefly about the whole like late hit controversy. They say that they um, you know kind of changed that in editing and that there yeah. was still time left on the clock. I'm inclined to agree, and also, Son of Wachi was trashed anyway. Like, one or two more hits on it was not going to put anything over the top. So this is what was, uh, they announced basically today, the uh, three giant bolt winners. So you have Best Design, uh, this was voted on by the bot builders, they voted Quantum, uh, Most Destructive voted by the judges was Cobalt, which... I mean, yeah, maybe against Sub-Zero and, I guess, Duck. But then what did they do in the other three fights they had? Not much. I tend to agree. At the same time, you could probably just give that to Tombstone every year, and I imagine they just get bored of doing that. Yeah, I guess that's true. Maybe give it to Death Roll. It's one of those, like, how they don't give LeBron James the MVP every year because they just get bored of doing it, I think. It feels the same to me, but... I feel yeah. like through two fights that might have been the case, but like for the whole season, I don't know. I th- I think there were some better options. So I had Sawblaze for my stud. You still well, so, sticking with? Well, I say I said Hydra won a giant bolt. It was for the Founders Award, voted by Trey and Greg. So I guess that was their favorite. All right, sure. Even though it got absolutely rolled by Minotaur. <laughs> so dud of the week. I think I'm gonna go with somebody in the Team Wayachi group. Yeah. They- they got a big old shit burger to eat this week. Oh, uh, it's definitely Hydra. Holy crap, is it Hydra? They got so thoroughly dominated. Uh, I mean, at least Sunawayachi made it the whole three minutes. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, they were smoking and on fire by the end of it, but at least they made it the three minutes. Hydra didn't last 30 seconds. Yeah, I'm going to go with that too. They finally encountered uh, you know, a sturdy enough bot and a good enough driver to get around to the side of them. And it turned out they really didn't have much of an answer for that. Yeah, I mean, you could say maybe uppercut because they got flipped over and were done. But they were still working. (laughs) True, exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I looked at the other ones. Quantum didn't put up a ton of a fight against Tombstone. So you could have gone with them too. But But not many people do. 
But I kind of just had a special, you know, I mean, obviously the Waiachi team just really laid a deuce there this weekend. Yeah. So. Well, so Tombstone and Quantum, like Quantum is a 13 seed. You expect that to happen. Yeah. But or, Hydra's a, a three seed and just got destroyed. Yeah. So we, we can agree on that one, I suppose. But yeah. Just I, I could just say team uh, team Waiachi overall, but yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> Dud of the week, team Waiachi. <laughs> Maybe they should have put Falcon in. They would have had a better chance. <laughs> or uh, Warrior Dragon. <laughs> or Warrior. It, they should have just, you know, Son of Waiachi should have just come out and said, you know, can I just put Warrior Dragon out there? Because I really don't want my, my good bot to get wrecked. Yeah, it may have lasted longer than Hydra did. <laughs> yeah, Warrior Dragon and Falcon should have. They should have been the sacrifices there. <laughs> yeah, they could have just subbed them in. We'll make that legal next year for your team. So, so yeah, I guess next week, uh, not sure who we have as a guest, but we will uh, share some stories from the uh, watch party that we're at. Oh, absolutely. If anything else, we'll just, you know, gush over the winner. Yeah, maybe we can talk to, like, maybe we can, uh, you know, harass a team or two there into doing an interview with us next week. We'll see. Yeah, and then they can't escape because they agreed to it in person. Exactly, and I'm guessing we're not having uh, the Waiachi guys on. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> I don't not know, maybe they'll want to come on and tell us how, and can, maybe they'll convince us how good their bot is. Maybe. I mean, you know, hey, it's it's the tournament. Well, yeah, it's it, all good bots. Right, that is true. I I'm mean, not we, just going, ha-ha, your bot sucks. It just They didn't get it done in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, we we joke, but they made the top 16 for a reason. Yeah, I mean, even if I gave, like, uppercut some grief this week, you made it. First season, good job. Yeah. You know? So, But anyway, Alrighty, thanks folks. again to Lily. Yeah, thanks to Lily, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing her at the Orlando Maker Fair and on Friday at the watch party. So yeah, so enjoy a little more A Troop of Echoes here. Yeah. Fade to black. And if, and if you obviously haven't liked our Facebook page, go like it. And uh, follow us on SoundCloud. You know, all the social meteors. Darn right. Five stars. All right, folks. We'll see you next week. Good night. Music for the Breaking Bots podcast is courtesy of Dan Moriarty and his band A Troop of Echoes. Available on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Music. You can also check out his website, A Troop of Echoes, all one word, dot bandcamp.com.